Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Here at Velocity, we love listening about how lives are changed through our church. So if that's you, please contact us at amen at findvelocity.org. Enjoy today's message. Hey, speaking of Christmas gifts, how many of you already have your Christmas shopping done? Can I just see your hand? And that is amazing. We should give these people a round of applause. That is like an accomplishment. Is there, is there anybody that, like, you've been working on it all year, like you're a pro, like you get started in February. Is there anybody like that? There's a couple, like, don't be shy about it. This is your moment, all right? You've been waiting all your life to let people know that you're one of those people. Uh, how many of you, I ask that question, though, you're, you're like, hey, like, don't rush me, bro. Like, I've got 15 days left before I even have to start. Anybody hasn't started yet? Yeah, there, there's some, you, you're my people. Because, see, I'm a last-minute Christmas shopper. I, I am. I kid you not, one year, case in point, uh, I, I distinctly remember uh, looking for a gift for my wife, running through Walmart on Christmas, no, no, New Year's Eve, on New Year's Eve. Yes, I said that right. Not Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. I think I should get an award for waiting that long. That, that, that is past the point, but better late than never. I was looking for a gift for her and trying to make her, you know, distance myself so I could get this in the car without her looking. I just, uh, that's, that's kind of my, the, the way I operate. But I do want to tell you, I'm sharing that to let you know that this year I'm really proud of myself because I only have one gift left to purchase. Like, like I'm on top of it this year. Uh, that's, a, that's an accomplishment for me. I'm proud of it. You don't have to clap, but, you know, I'm excited about it. Now, the reason is, is because my wife came home with arms full of shopping bags the other day and said, here, you can give me these. And uh, you, know, you know it's really bad when your wife goes ahead and buys her own present just to ensure that she has something under the tree this year. Uh, that's true. I'm not making that up. Uh, she really did that. But I don't mind it. Uh, and she doesn't mind it. She gets what she wants. And and I don't mind it because as much as I love Christmas, and I, I love Christmas, if there's one thing I don't love about Christmas, it's Christmas shopping. I don't love the Christmas shopping. Does anybody actually like the shopping part of Christmas? What is wrong with you? The crowds, the chaos, the people in Santa costumes that smell like cigarettes. I'm like, I, I, I don't like that. That's not my version of Kris Kringle. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not into any of that. And uh, the problem with that, though, is I, I don't like Christmas shopping, but I do love to surprise my wife. So I'm met with this dilemma is, like, how do I surprise her when she's gone ahead and, like, bought stuff for herself and she knows what she's going to get? And she doesn't really like surprises anyway. But I, I've come up with a solution, and I've done this for a few years now, is, uh, see, I have this trick. I mix it up on her. And if you find yourself in a similar predicament like I do, I give you permission, you can use this trick, it works great, is what I do is the gifts that she gets for herself, like I'll, I'll put them in different boxes. So like, you know, I'll take some shoes that she picked out and I'll put them in a toy box and then like I'll, I'll take this kitchen item that she wanted and I'll put it in a shoe box and I'll take some makeup that I got her that's really small and I'll put it in this huge box and I'll just like mix it up because what's going to happen, she opens it up, she sees the box, she's like, yeah, I know what it is. And I'm like, no, it's not what you expect. It's not what you expect. I like to surprise her. And as silly as I'm being about our traditions, 
The truth is, I bet if I had the opportunity to go around everybody in this room, or maybe you and I had some time and we could just sit down across from each other and have some coffee, uh, the truth is, I bet every single one of you have been handed something this year that you didn't expect. I'm not talking about a gift. I I mean, you've been handed a disappointment. You expected one thing, and what you got was something else, and now you're disappointed. And it could be lots of different things. I mean, it could be something as simple as you have a tradition, you have all the ways you celebrate Christmas, and this year it's going to be different. This year it's going to be a break from tradition. It's not what you expect. It could be that you've got new people in the family, and you're not even sure like how you feel about some of these people, but this is the, the deal this year. You're going to be celebrating some new people. It's not what you expect. Could be some news you got that you never planned on receiving. Could be the fact that you didn't expect to get that doctor's report. Could be you didn't expect your finances to be in this situation. I don't know what it is for you, but I bet if I could go around the room, if we could talk one-on-one, all of us, we could find something you got this year that you didn't expect. And I bring that up because the shepherds are really a picture of an unmet expectation. They are, except for them, it wasn't like an instance. It wasn't like a moment in their life. It it wasn't like, you know, just a season that they went through. No, for the shepherds, it was the story of their life. (laughs) The, the, The shepherds knew something about being disappointed because you gotta understand, the culture of the time had turned their back on the shepherds. The culture of the time had told shepherds that they were rejected by God. They had handed them a career wrapped in rejection. And what they told them was, you're not good enough for God. Now that seems kind of harsh. Seems like that's not what I thought with shepherds because a lot of us, we have this embellished view of shepherds. You know, we can think, especially if we grew up in church, like, we think of all the people God used in the Old Testament who were shepherds. I mean, even in the story, it says, you know, for unto you a child is born in the city of David. We think of David, King David, greatest king in the Old Testament, most prominent figure in the Old Testament. David started out as a shepherd. So we got this idea that like shepherds are close to God, but you think about it, to be a shepherd meant to be rejected. To be a shepherd meant to be unworthy. Nobody would choose the career path of a shepherd. It was normally reserved for servants because as a shepherd, there was no room for advancement. Even thinking about David, this guy who was a great king, you look at his life, it's proof of what I'm talking about. When Samuel the prophet came to anoint the next king at Jesse's house, anoint one of Jesse's sons, Jesse didn't bring David in. And it's not because David was the youngest. It's because David was a shepherd. He had already been rejected. The sentence had already been determined. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be a shepherd? In a culture where people are taught from a young age that the way you get to God is by keeping all these rules and regulations, the way God is pleased with you by your obedience to the law, And for a shepherd, they would never be able to fulfill that. 
To be a shepherd meant you could never come to the full extent of God's standards. You would always fall short, even on your best day. I mean, you see it with this text that we looked at in, in verse eight, where it says there were shepherds living out in the fields. Why were they living out? Nobody wanted them in. It's not like they had a house nearby and then they'd go out, you know, to take care of their flock. No, they had to live out there because they were rejected. They were outcasts, keeping watch over their flocks by night. You know, one of the big rules of the religious system of the day was that you had to keep the Sabbath. Sabbath was a designated day where you had had 24 hours of rest. You couldn't work. These shepherds, they couldn't participate in that. No, that they... Being a shepherd meant you were always on the clock. The, the, the flocks needed constant care, constant attention. So imagine what it was like to grow up in this system where you know the way things should be. You know what God expects of you, but you're never going to be able to attain it. You're never going to be able to measure up. You're always going to be reminded of how you're a spiritual failure. You know the way something should be. You'll never have it. That's how the shepherds felt every day. And I wanna emphasize this because there might be some of you here who relate to the shepherds. When I say culture had told them that they weren't good enough for God, not good enough to be used by God, some of you might feel like that's, that's me. I know what God expects of me. I know what I should be doing and I'm not doing it. I know the right things and my life doesn't look like that. Maybe you felt that based on the decisions you've made, the mistakes of your past, that you could never be used by God. You're not good enough for God. That's what it was like to be a shepherd. For the shepherds, I gotta imagine they felt like God didn't care. God had forgotten about them. I mean, surely God didn't care about them because why would he destine them to a life where they could never fulfill his purpose? Why would, they, why would God destine them to a life where, where they would always be on the outskirts, always be outcasts, never be able to come into God's presence? Maybe there's some of you here who feel like based off the things that have happened in your life that you didn't expect, you feel like God's forgotten you. I mean, you're thinking about that person who walked out of your life, even though it was years ago, and you still blame God for that. God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Think, God, why hasn't this situation changed? If you really cared, I wouldn't still be here. I wouldn't still be in this situation. I've been waiting, <laughs> waiting a long time for you to do something about it, but I'm dealing with the same issue. God, if you really cared, you wouldn't have allowed this to happen. That person wouldn't have died. I wouldn't have lost my job. I wouldn't be in the season of transition right now. God, if you really cared, this isn't what I'd be going through. You feel forgotten by God. That's how it was for the shepherds. But what I find so interesting when I look at this text and God shows up, he speaks to the shepherds through these angels What's interesting to me about the angel's message isn't that they come and they're saying, hey, shepherds, 
I know what you're going through. It feels bad, but it's really not that bad. Because sometimes that's what we try and do when we're trying to encourage people in a bad situation. Like, it's not that bad. Look on the bright side, right? It's not that bad. But the angel doesn't do that. Angel doesn't come and say, hey, what you're going through is not that bad. Instead, he just points them to the fact that God is that good. God is that good. That, that's what happens. It says that the angel showed up and said, don't be afraid. I've got good news for you. It's going to cause great joy, not average joy, not mediocre joy, not so-so joy, great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This is going to be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Talk about burying the lead in a story. Because with everything crazy going on, teenage virgin giving birth to the creator of the world, crazy. All, 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 of, the, all of the political stuff going on, crazy. Uh, the, the fact that there's these kings who show up, bow down to a baby, give him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, that's an, I would take a box of gold for Christmas, if you're wondering, put that on my Christmas list. Amazing. With all of that stuff going on, probably the thing that happens that is the most unexpected is that when God shows up on the scene, announces his arrival, he would do it to shepherds. This was a big deal because what you might not realize is nobody has heard from God in 400 years. I mean, they were still going through the religious practices, but there's been no life. There's been no miracles. There's been no spirit. There's been no prophecy. There, there's nothing prophetic that's been happening. For 400 years, there's been silence. And God finally shows up on the scene, breaks the silence, and he does it to shepherds, people that aren't good enough for God. It's unexpected. That's like, when you are waiting in line at the checkout and they open up another checkout next to you and everybody behind you gets in line. It's like, I've been waiting. Why did you let me go? That's what people would have thought. Why shepherds? Why them? They're, they're not the people that God would use. They're not the people that I would choose. The truth is there's a lot of waiting in the Christmas story see it all over in different occasions. There's a lot of waiting just around Christmas time, waiting in lines. I hate waiting. I will skip the Starbucks if the drive-thru is too long. I just don't like waiting. But when I think about what they were waiting for, 400 years, that's where we get our word Advent from. Lots of times we associate Advent with Christmas time. We think that's like a Christian word or a Christmas word, but it's not. Advent just means the coming or the arrival. We call it Advent around Christmas time because for 400 years they were waiting for the coming, for the arrival of the Messiah, Jesus, the, the Christ. They were waiting and we celebrate it at Christmas time because we recognize that he's already come. But what I'm trying to help you see is that for 400 years the shepherds and the people of God have been waiting and God shows up, speaks to the shepherds. It's super significant. It's not 
what you'd expect. Because the shepherds, they weren't just rejected by culture. They, they were untrustworthy. It says that when the shepherds shared the message, people were amazed. I don't think they were amazed at the message. They were amazed that it came from shepherds. They were, they were amazed because these are not the people that you would entrust to proclaim and herald the arrival of what they've been looking to for centuries. Shepherds were not the influencers of the day. These were not the people that you would send products to to post on their Instagram. These were not those kind of people. Nobody cared about what a shepherd had to say. So why would God choose them? It's unexpected. It's not what you'd expect. And it made me think about maybe the reason God spoke to the shepherds is the same reason you're dealing with a situation that you would have never expected. Maybe the reason God chose the shepherds is because he wanted to let them know that he trusted them. He trusted them. And maybe the reason you're dealing with something that you never would have chose, you never would have wished for, you never would have wanted, is because God is trying to tell you that he trusts you. He trusts you. He trusts you to be a person to walk out pain and still keep your head high. He trusted you and he trusts you to be a person that demonstrates what a Christ follower looks like when going through difficulty. He trusts you to walk with integrity and remember that God is your source even when you're without a job. He trusts you to demonstrate to the world what it means to carry this message of the good news of a savior in a situation where it's so painful and so chaotic. I want you to know God trusts you. I mean, if the Christmas story teaches us anything, it shows us that miracles come in places that you wouldn't expect. I mean, isn't that, isn't that the truth? A virgin giving birth, God in the flesh, a king being born in a manger, none of these things are what you'd expect. But what I want you to see today is that joy comes from unexpected places. I know you wouldn't have wished to receive that. I know you wouldn't have wanted that. I know it's not something you would have chose. I know you've got plans that aren't gonna go the way you wanted them to happen. But lots of times God gets our attention by interrupting our plans and we experience his presence in a more powerful way than we ever could have imagined. It's not what you expect. Let me show you what happens with these shepherds. It says, when the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, wasted no time, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. In other words, saying, look, I don't know why God would have chose us for this. 
I don't know why God would have chose you to go through what you're going through. I don't even know if I really believe it is what the shepherd said. Like, it seems so crazy. But let's go check it out for ourselves. Let's investigate this. And everything changed the moment they started to take a step. Here's what God was speaking to me about. I wonder if so many times we're waiting for God to do something about our situation. And really God is waiting for us to take a step. He's waiting for us to begin to follow him and what he said, because their situation didn't change. They're still shepherds. And I was thinking about like how they're watching over the flock by night. And I'm thinking about all the stuff that keeps us awake at night that we're watching over and worrying about and tending to and thinking, I don't know what's gonna happen in this situation and I, I've gotta do, because if I don't watch this, then you know, who knows, like something could happen. And we're up at night worrying, but none of that changed. The flock was still there, but they said, you know, we're gonna leave this behind and we're gonna follow this word. And maybe joy happens in the places you don't expect when you begin to leave the stuff you've been worrying over and follow what God is calling you to. They, they received a message with a mission. They received the truth of God. So are you gonna stand out in the field waiting, worrying, everything that didn't go right, all the disappointments you've experienced, all the disillusionments you have with life? Or will you move towards what God has said? Because see, they, they started seeking after this truth. I think so many times our joy is found what we're seeking after. If you're seeking after everything to go perfectly, like what is it you're wanting to get out of Christmas this year? All your plans to go off without a hitch, you are gonna be disappointed. And the problem's not with Christmas. The problem's in our expectation. See, I'm trying to help you see, it's not what you expect that brings you joy. It's following what God has said. It's not what you expect that's gonna matter this year. It's, are you being obedient to what God is calling you to? And it says after they went, that the shepherds returned, verse 20, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So they returned to their situation and it doesn't say that their situation had changed. Still got the flocks there, still shepherds. And I'm not saying that disappointment is gonna change. Plans might still be different this year. Things might still happen that you didn't want to happen. But their joy didn't come from what they expected. Their joy came when they saw and stepped towards what God had said. That's my challenge to each person here. I know it's so simple, but what if God is calling you to do this Christmas is to just move towards God, to trust him with every step. What if the reason you're experiencing that thing is because God trusts you? He's wanting you to see 
his presence in a new light. He's wanting you to see, to know him as father. He's wanting you to know him as provider. He's wanting you to know him as healer. He's wanting you to know him as a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's, he's wanting you to know a new facet of his glory. He's wanting you to experience great joy, but you can only do it when you take a step. I wanna challenge you to take a step today.